Welcome back to another episode of the Global Connected Aircraft Podcast. I'm your host, Woodrow Bellamy III. Today is Friday, August 27th, and on today's episode, we release the second of two airline case studies that occurred during our first installment of the Global Connected Aircraft Cabin Chats live web series that took place in June. But first, I want to remind everyone that we have announced the second installment of our Global Connected Aircraft Cabin Chats web series coming up next month, September 22nd through 24th. You can view details about the event at www.gcasummit.com. Look out for more details about the agenda and speakers for Cabin Chats coming up very soon. So as I mentioned, this episode features a previously recorded presentation given by Tomal Sohorab. He is the manager of cargo solutions for Air Canada Cargo, and he discusses the airline's Internet of Things approach to connected air cargo tracking, both on the ground and in the air, using a combination of connected unit load cargo containers and Bluetooth technology. So let's get into Tomal's presentation. Good morning and good afternoon, everyone. My name is Tom Sorab and I'm from Air Canada Cargo. I'm currently the manager of Cargo Solutions and Business Development. Um, so I'm going to jump right into the presentation. Just uh, So I just want to let everyone know that um, the average person will spend about two and a half days per year looking for things that they've misplaced. Um, they lose simple things like their keys, their phone, their cell phone, their keys, their wallet, or their glasses. And, and in the effort to recover these things, sometimes they lose their patience. Surprisingly, the one thing that we don't use is our phones. We usually stay within um, three, uh, sorry, 10 feet or three meters within our phones. Um, because with our culture, we're either using, we have our phones with us, whether, whether we're sleeping, whether we go to the washroom, if we're in the car, uh, or even at a meeting, we have our phones with us. It's just part of our lives. Um, it's because we use our phones for more than just making phone calls. Today, our phones, they it's a camera, it's a computer, it's a database, it's a GPS, uh, it's a source of video and audio entertainment, it's a day planner, it's a shopping mall. It has more functions than what we initially intended it for. You depend on it and you cannot effectively function without it. That's why your employer probably gave you a phone as well. When was the last time, I wanna ask a, a, a rhetorical question, but when was the last time you were more than 100 feet or even 30 meters away from your phone? Think about that time or that time when you had less than 2% power and you didn't have a charger nearby. Did you experience some anxiety? Did you have the early signs of a panic attack? Did you feel disconnected or did you start having a fear of being left out or being left behind? That anxiety is real. That anxiety is called nomophobia. Um, don't worry, take a quick breath. Everyone just give your phones a nice kiss and a hug and I will promise you it'll be okay because your phone's gonna do something more. Your phones are now gonna to listen to the things that are lost and it's gonna help you out. Uh, next slide, okay. Good morning, my name is Tom Sorab, Air Canada Cargo. Um, the, um, so I have multiple hats that I wear at, at Air Canada Cargo. I've got uh, the product manager component where I'm dealing with things from live animals to human remains to uh, perishables. Uh, I'm a project manager, so I look for ways of improving our business. Uh, I'm also a business development manager, so I work on projects that link to our sales teams and our operations uh, and other divisions. So I have to make sure that uh, everything um, 
connects and is effective for our, for our the streamlined operations. And the last thing I am is, is a Bluetooth fanatic. I was a Bluetooth skeptic uh, in 2017, and now we are in 2020, and I can tell you I'm a Bluetooth fanatic. Uh, in this presentation, I'm going to describe how Bluetooth is connecting us and changing the way we track and find our things to gain the customer confidence at Air Canada. So let's cover the basics. Let me give you the history of Bluetooth in 30 seconds. So it was invented by Ericsson in 1993. By 1999, um, Sony, Toshiba, Nokia, and Intel, um, they signed a truce with Ericsson and they uh, forged together to, um, uh, to create a new product called Bluetooth. Um, and that was the first time there was a, a truce between these companies for wireless technology. And their mission was to make the world wireless. Fast forward 20 years later, and we are, um, sorry, fast forward 20 years later, and we are at the fifth iteration of Bluetooth, which went through a mitosis session where it delivered a sibling, Bluetooth Low Energy, or BLE for short. So for the rest of the presentation, I will refer to BLE. Um, it behaves differently from Bluetooth because it engages with devices using less energy, which means it can last significantly longer on a battery life. And we're looking at anywhere between one to five years. Uh, additionally, BLE can connect with devices from much further away. So how far? We're thinking, we're proving, or we've proven 1600 feet, 1600, or 500 meters. I have to uh, reemphasize, BLE is not Bluetooth. It's just a sibling of Bluetooth. Uh, I know the Bluetooth that you, everyone is familiar with, it's the Bluetooth where you have your, your earphones or your, your wireless earphones and you're less than 10 feet away from your TV and the sound is cutting out. That's not the Bluetooth I'm talking about. Um, unlike your Bluetooth speakers or your headphones or your computer mice, Bluetooth devices are, I'm sorry, BLE devices are small and they can be attached to things um, that are like your keys, your wallet, your glasses, your luggage, or your cargo. Uh, using BLE to find misplaced items on its own is great, uh, just like the, the, what the Tile has provided us. So the upper four images, they belong to Tile, and that was uh, one of the items that uh, I had to mention during my presentation for legal purposes. What we've done at Air Canada is we've gotten the aviation grade version of Tile. We got this from a company in Dallas called On Asset Intelligence, and we got it, uh, and we got it through our partners, Uniload, who actually utilize the on-asset intelligence hardware within our infrastructure. Um, let me show you what the devices look like and what they can do. So the, um, the device on the right is the, the Uniload reader. And what this does, does is it detects the presence of Bluetooth tags, which is on the left provided by on-asset. These readers can scan and listen for Bluetooth tags. Um, when they scan and listen, they collect the report and they send it to a cloud-based server using a GSM signal, equivalent to a data text on, from a cell phone. The, the BLE tags on the left-hand side, what they do is they send data packets to the reader about the information about itself. So the items that it tells the reader is its own battery level, the humidity it is experiencing, how much light's in the room, the signal strength, so you can guesstimate the proximity of how close you are to the reader, the temperature that it's experiencing in Celsius and Fahrenheit, and if the if the tag is in motion, uh, and that has the uh, that, is, that is a very added benefit for cargo, especially. Um, however, if you don't have a Uniload reader, 
the added bonuses, you can use your cell phone to scan it for Bluetooth tags in your vicinity. So Uniload has developed uh, different um, form factors for these tags. Uh, on your left-hand side, there's the 100P, P for palette and also P because it kind of looks like a P. The, um, um, sorry, the first question that we had with, with Uniload was, um, or, or Uniload and on asset was, uh, you know, can you prove that this uh, tic-tac shaped sized little tracker can actually connect to my phone at least two, 300 meters away? Uh, we asked them and they said they could. So we asked them to come to Toronto and prove it. Um, so when they came up to Toronto, we outlined a series of tests that were designed by our cabin engineering team and our maintenance team and were executed by our cargo team for the Bluetooth range testing to see how far it can connect. Um, and we used it within the entire cargo building where we had a lot of obstacles in, within the building. Uh, the ramps and airports team, they executed the experiments uh, above and below the wing using a, um, a airline related equipment, uh, airline loading equipment, especially. To my surprise, um, let me flip to the next slide. To my surprise, the one reader at the middle of the cargo building uh, on the bottom of your screen there was able to detect every single tag within the building and able to pick up regular reports from that building. Um, and not only that, it actually picked up a tag that was all the way across in another building. Um, so and that's through multiple walls and, and metal obstacles. Um, needless to say, I was shocked and amazed with the cargo facility test range test. Um, today, uh, right now in that same building, we have two readers, uh, one for redundancy. Uh, we have 11 to 12 tags in the building that record the temperatures on a regular basis and transmit that to our operations team. And what we do with that is we're designing a heat map with our vendors so that we know what the safe zones are and what the unsafe zones are for temperature sensitive cargo, such as perishables and pharma. Uh, so anything from vaccines to lobsters. And we wanna make sure that it's not gonna be exposed to the elements while it's in storage, be, waiting to go to the aircraft or coming from the aircraft, waiting to be picked up by our customers. The second range test is so, was something really exciting and what I was looking forward to for quite some time. We tested an Airbus 321. Um, what we did was we mimicked, uh, um, we put 100 tags, sensor tags throughout the aircraft. And what we did was we mimicked uh, universal load devices, like it's the big boxes that carry uh, baggage and, and cargo. We mimicked, mimicked passenger baggage, uh, different versions of temperature sensitive cargo, live animals um, with a kennel and, uh, and a bag of rice, um, temperature sensitive cargo and MEL equipment. We used uh, the Uniload readers and I pulled out my uh, my personal iPhone, my work iPhone, and I also received an iPad from the uh, head of in-flight so that I could do a Bluetooth scan in the aircraft using the head flight attendant's iPad. Uh, to my shock and amazement, again, we detected all 100 tags within the aircraft above and below the wing in every, every version of the test that we did. This was our validation uh, and this test proved to us that we uh, have the ability or have the need to install Bluetooth readers into the aircraft permanently. Uh, fortunately, this is not something that's avionics dependent. So there's a different test that we have to go through. For, so the flyability test and the, um, uh, the RF test have already been completed with the DO-160 reports. 
but it's just the flammability and the encasement uh, that we have to complete to have these installed in our wide body and narrow body fleet. As an added bonus after the 321 test, we walked next door and we were able to test the, uh, do the same uh, frame tests within a 787 Dreamliner. Uh, once again, to our surprise, we received one, we collected 100% of the tags on all the scans, meaning that if we had two, one or two reader, uh, readers within the aircraft, the aviation re grade readers, we could read the entire aircraft. So we could tell you um, what assets are on the air aircraft, what they've experienced, if they've been shifted around. Uh, so that was, so now we've proven that the readers and the tags work in a cargo facility with a lot of obstructions. We've proven that the readers and tags work in a narrow body. And we've proven that the readers and tags work in a wide body. Uh, and that was the, uh, the, the major test that we were able to complete um, uh, over, in 2019. Sorry, in 2018. Sorry, I'm just waiting for my screen to flip. Perfect. So now that we know, now that we know the blue BLE works with its range and the data is legitimated, legitimate and validated by our maintenance and engineering branches, we, we wanted to ask what was next. So we, we began an exercise of identifying all the areas that we can improve within our Canada using BLE tags from multiple branches. So here's a few examples of what was provided to us from the branches who have shown interest in uh, joining as a joint digital program that would um, bridge between multiple uh, divisions of Air Canada. Each of these would be a component to fulfill the or enhance the customer satisfaction expectations with us. Um, so for cargo piece tracking in the top left-hand corner, that's a ULD, a unit load device uh, filled with cargo. Uh, to give you an idea of how many boxes Air Canada moved last year, uh, my business intelligence team has advised me that we've moved 11 million boxes, more than 11 million boxes in 2019. Uh, and if we can do cargo piece tracking, we would never lose any visibility of those boxes. And I can tell you as a cargo and as a carrier, we don't lose boxes. We just have them delayed or we have them misplaced, but we eventually find them and give them back to our customers. Uh, but that's a very, very small percentage. Uh, within the cargo and maintenance warehouses, we can track temperatures and humidities. With our assets, we can find out where they are. So um, one thing that came from operations is that the evening um, TAC crew, so the evening turnaround crew would place their equipment in a certain area. However, in the morning, the other crew uh, may or may not be able to find it immediately, uh, especially in Canada when it might be buried by snow by accident. So having the uh, TAC crew uh, log in and actually know exactly where their assets are, they would save at least 30 minutes and our, our, our OTP for our 7 a.m. flights would increase. Uh, we also want to uh, identify where ground service equipment is. And this is all Air Canada specific for the employees. On the right-hand side is something that's more customer-centric. So uh, pro predictive and proactive passenger tracking for baggage. Um, the ability to um, uh, track unaccompanied minors as uncomfortable as it might, as it might seem, uh, it's something that uh, the, the parents are actually very uh, concerned about. And uh, I can tell you as a former baggage agent, uh, I've been yelled at many times because I couldn't immediately tell a, a parent ex where exactly in the airport their child was, other than they were in the company of an airline employee. Uh, pet location tags. Um, from the avi animal industry, I can tell you that this is a, a big ask 
because not only do they want to know where their pets are, but they want to know what their pets experienced. Uh, and obviously uh, our top and our top tier customers, the AC altitude bag tags. So give these bag tags out to our top customers as a, as a form of thank you and a, and a form of gratitude. So I've talked about what we can do with the tags and where the tags can be, but it's interesting to know where the readers are currently installed with Uniload. So Uniload has over 300 stations where they have readers currently installed. That means there's 300 places where these tags can float and we can collect or receive the information, but more importantly, we can, we can build predictive components to that information. Uh, let me give you an example of predictive, uh, um, uh, a predictive component using a BLE tag. So if I'm in Toronto and I'm a passenger and I'm at the baggage belt looking for my bag, I can turn on my phone and see that my bag is coming up the baggage belt. However, if Ankit is in, in, in San Francisco and he's at, at the um, uh, and he's at the baggage carousel in San Francisco, and for some reason my phone picked up his bag tag because it didn't get on the flight for whatever accidental reason, he would get a notification and the airline would get a not notification advising that this bag tag had a separation alarm. It's in the wrong city. It didn't make the flight, so it would proactively send a baggage agent to find the bag tag, to find that well, piece of luggage. Uh, it would send Ankit a notification advising that we would hand deliver his luggage to his final destination. And Ankit can insert, insert the information and not have to worry about filling out forms and filling out a claim because we would have it hand delivered to him in San Francisco uh, after he got off his flight. So that's a form of predictive uh, analytics, that would, predictive data reporting that would come out of these BLE tags through the uh, airline's uh, um, data management program. Um, as I mentioned, there's 300 plus readers around the world. But there's another reader that I was kind of alluding to in, in the earlier slides. There's also 1.7 million readers out there. And that 1.7 million readers is the Air Canada app because everyone has a phone, as I mentioned at the beginning of the presentation, and everyone has the ability to have Bluetooth, whether it be version two, three, four, or five um, with, their, with their phone model. And that Bluetooth phone would be able to passively detect uh, other tags and actively uh, track the tag that's in that possession. So Ankit would be able to find his bag. And as a courtesy, he would be able to send information about my bag um, as anonymously through the, the Air Canada platform. Um, I'm sure you have a lot of questions about how this works and the data privacy around it, uh, but I can assure you that our corporate security team and our IT security team have gone through a, a series of um, tests with our, with our vendors uh, so that we can protect the, uh, protect the data streams within Air Canada and outside of Air Canada. Uh, this second last slide that I want to show you was um, the project plan that I drew up uh, at the very beginning of this program because I needed to know who the stakeholders were. I needed to know what the what the project would look like. I needed to know uh, what the, the vision of this uh, of this project plan would look like. And this is as simple as it gets. Uh, now it's a 80, 90 page document, but this is the initial stage of what I was able to uncover over the period of seven to eight months. Um, just checking my time. The um, so I, I drew this uh, map in July of 2018, and we're at the phase of actually uh, building uh, customized uh, tags for our uh, customers as a as a trial, and we also have tags installed within building within facilities within cargo and maintenance uh, across our network. And because of COVID-19, we've had to temporarily cease it. However, once we have a, a, a travel schedule back in place, we'll be able to uh, re-engage with that. Um, there's a couple of uh, technical um, media releases that I've, I've 
if you had questions, I'm sure that this would answer a lot of questions. Uh, for example, how many tags can you read uh, in one scan? Uh, you can read 12,000 tags in one scan, um, and that would take 15 minutes. Um, the types of uh, uh, the ability to use the Wi-Fi on your phone to read all the tags in the aircraft and submit that information to the carrier so that they can proactively do something once the aircraft uh, arrives at the destination. Uh, so these are the additional links that I, that we can uh, that you can go through on your on your personal time. And um, the last slide here is just uh, my thank you slide. Uh, I just want to mention a few names that helped me through this project at the very beginning. Uh, so I'll mention um, um, Jeff Edwards, Leslie McFarlane, Yuri Ulet, Adam Crossno, Paul Rodwell, Tommy Whitman, Ronald Rule, Jennifer Horton, and Flores Kittelen. Thank you for your time, everyone. So that brings us to the end of this episode. As always, please subscribe to us on Apple's podcast app or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Woodrow Bellamy III. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of the Global Connected Aircraft Podcast.